Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about following Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And we primarily put this podcast out to help disciple the members of Sacred City Church. But if you're listening from around the globe, we appreciate you and we're thankful for you. And um, if you have any questions, you want to have any topics you want us to talk about, please email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com and we will do our best. You guys have been doing an outstanding job in the past few months of giving us topics to talk about. So we are never without um, enough topics to talk about. Um, and today, Rob, you want to... Uh, or actually, I better introduce... I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Everybody, uh, we've got the whole band in town today. So guys, introduce yourself. Kevin Kenora, pastoral assistant. Rob Spikstra, pastor of discipleship. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. That's the hardest part of the podcast, to sermon. Who's going to speak up first? <laughs> I never get to go first. That's great. You go, there you go. Kev, be a, be a leader. <laughs> be a leader, Kev. Leaders go first. Leaders Step go up. first, Kev. Step up. It's hard when you're sitting next to Alex, though. <laughs> well, right in the middle Sorry, of the I'm a bull, man. <laughs> so, um, Rob, you want to introduce our topic for the day? Yeah, this is really Council Rob uh, podcast. That's what we're doing here today. Oh. Oh. <laughs> we're here for you, Rob. Let's yeah, talk thank about you it. so much. Yeah, so so the question I I was have been thinking about um, it, one is just a general question I think most people have, and that is you know how do we forgive others? I think you know I I think there's some things to be said about that in terms of how is it that you know what gives us the ability to forgive others. Um, when they have sinned against us. Uh, so that's obviously very important that we kind of talk that out a little bit. But the other question I have for you is, um, for you all here, is what happens when, if we have been sinned against and uh, we, we would like to forgive that other individual for the sin that, they, that we've been sinned against on, but they don't see it as sin. You're kind of in the, you know, in, in a sense there's an, an impasse or they just don't recognize it. And so we're supposed to forgive, but they're not recognizing it as yep. a as a sin. Yeah. And, and this could be this could be in the context of a close relationship that you see on an everyday basis. But I also think of it in in the situation where it may be a relationship that is strained and you and maybe even distant at this point and there's really a disagreement on, mm -hmm. on really who who has sinned and who needs to be asked for forgiveness and 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 you know and give forgiveness and I think it's important because as I was I was thinking through even through scripture that you know our Lord tells us that if we know we have sinned against somebody as we're going to the altar we should put down our you know sacrifice if you will and we should go to that person and ask for their forgiveness mm -hmm. but on the other hand also if in, in Matthew 18 we see it here that if your if your brother sins against you go and tell him and i just thought well if i go and tell him and he doesn't think it's it's a sin you know i think i've been sinned against you know how do we how do we manage that uh, mm -hmm. how do we manage that relationship so that yeah. second part is a, the, really a, a, a tough one for me yeah <clears throat> well, those are gr great questions, and they are very pastoral. And they're going to be... Um, so the hard part when, I, when we start trying to answer these is we can give... It's really easy to give general principles sure. and to work through it, but every situation needs a pastoral mm. ear yep. and a pastoral um, heart. And what I mean by that is, man, I'll tell you, we can, we're, we're going to answer your questions, but 
the, the situations that this could come up in are so, um, mm-hmm. you know, expansive mm. where if, if a woman is in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. right, and yep. she hears us talking about forgiving and this other person is sinning against her and, and, just, and, and whatever, right. I don't want her to think, oh, I just have to forgive him and forgive him right. and forgive him. Right, right, right. Where we would say, well, we do want you to forgive him, but we also want you to seek counsel and move out and he might need to go to jail and there's might be, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep. And um, I would add one more scenario to your question. For me, usually the hardest part of forgiving someone is if I am in a relationship with them where they're not acknowledging their sin and then therefore they're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you're forgiving but then they do it again and you're forgiving and they do it again kind of a yeah. scenario. That's, to me, that's one of the hardest mm-hmm. situations to mm-hmm. be continually to be reconciled and that can theoretically, that could be your spouse. Mm-hmm. Like you could be in a relationship like that where, you know, she continually undermines you, she mm-hmm. continually badmouths you, she continually gossips about you or, or he continually berates you or he continually undermines you or he continually demeans you. Um, or whatever, you know, and it's, it's that in that consistent, incessant sin and failure to acknowledge the sin. And you're looking towards your future and you're wondering, is this how it's always going to be? Is Mm -hmm. it always going to be like this? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most difficult situations to forgive Mm -hmm. where if somebody's mean to you and hurts you and sins against you, but the relationship is strained and it's cut off in one sense, that's easier to forgive. Because you don't have to deal with it from right, day distance. to day or you, week to week or whatever. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, it's something, it might be terrible. It might be abuse from your parents and then maybe they're dead or something, you know, mm-hmm. or you've moved away. Mm-hmm. But there's something about I, I can put that under the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm dealing with my memories, I'm dealing with the, my scars, but, but, I'm de- but I'm dealing with them in the presence of the Lord. And he's healing me, and there's not new scars being piled on top right, of them. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So this is, and that this is where that question kind of comes out of is in a in a relationship. I, I would think it'd even be more difficult as if you're in a relationship of which this is going on, where you're continuing to be in a sense sinned against, and you've gone to them, oh. and you have said you're doing this to me, and they're like, no, I'm not. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what you're talking about, or or in in their you know they're just rejecting. Yeah, that's not a sin. You know, yep. you're wrong. You're sinning. You know, kind of a feel yep. to it. So yeah, that's. So that that's really difficult. So I would say, number one, in those situa- situations, we want to obviously pray for the other person that the spirit of God is the one that cha- brings a change of heart and brings repentance and shows us our sin and yep. shows shows us the righteousness of Christ. And then secondly, this is why what's the, in Matthew 18. The second step, yeah, bring bring in some brothers, and so you bring in uh, your missional community leader, you bring in your fight club, you bring in a couple people that are witness to it, mm-hmm. so they can say, "No, man, this you are doing this, you have been doing this, this is a sin, mm-hmm. and you need to to repent over it." Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if they're a member of the church and they refuse to listen to those people, you know, you bring in the elders, mm-hmm. right? And, and when you bring in the elders, um, the elders will call him to repent, and if he still re- refuses to repent, then they'd be excommunicated, yep. right? Yep. Treated like an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. So 
so that's what Matthew kind of Matthew 18 is is talking about. But how? Let's just go to the how first. Yeah. How do you forgive someone who's sinned against you? Is this the same for Christian to Christian or Christian to non-Christian? I think, I mean, I think it's going to be the same. I think it'd be okay. the same. When someone sins against you, mm-hmm. how do you forgive them? How can you forgive them? Yeah, how can you as a believer in Christ? Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at you two. Yeah. Yeah, 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 look yeah. at these young bucks. I'm going to sure. put you on the spot here. Come how on, Kevin. Kevin, I'm, I'm calling your uh, no, your education I don't, I don't. and your future into, into <laughs> I don't. Yeah, bring it the forward. play here. Yeah. So I think, first of all, Ephesians 4, right? Uh, is it 32 mm-hmm. through 34? Let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be, gosh, I, I, I forget the whole thing, but... Mm-hmm tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you, right? So, first of all, we have to forgive as God in Christ has forgiven us, right? Um, I think Jesus says, you've been, you've, is it, I think it's Jesus, gosh. Yeah. As you've been forgiven much, so also forgive. Yeah, that's one of his parables. Um, And so, so first, we are called to forgive because we've been forgiven, right? Um, and so recognizing that if that person is a professing believer, that, that sin has been put on Christ, right? That doesn't mean, we've talked before about the consequences, that doesn't mean that they don't have consequences to that sin, right? But that means that Christ has been crucified for it, which obviously doesn't excuse it, but we are called not to let their sin have mastery over us. Yeah. Right? So, I think bitterness, right? If somebody's defaming your name, that is evil. They shouldn't be doing that. But that doesn't excuse you having a sinful response to that person, right? Like, kids all the time, well, he hit me first, and so I hit him back. It's like, okay. And adults do the same and thing. And adults with, do the same <laughs> yeah, Wicked yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. wicked yeah. words. That's yeah. right. Words and That's right. Right? That's not forgiving as you've, you know, that's not, that is saying that thing you did to me has more authority over me than what Christ has done for me. All right. So let me use an analogy. Forgiveness is an open garden hose. Mm. When God forgives us our sin, mm. that sin is forgiven and that is meant to flow. Think about forgiveness flows through us. Mm-hmm flows into us, forgives our sins, Mm -hmm. but it's an open garden hose. It flows out Mm -hmm. to others. So I forgive as I have been forgiven. So as I receive the forgiveness of Christ, I push out Mm. forgiveness to others. Mm -hmm. Now, to not forgive others is to kink the water hose. That's good. Okay. And now we think, here's the, here's the thing, we think we are receiving forgiveness for God, from God, and then we're kinking the water hose after us, but Jesus tells us the exact opposite. When you refuse to forgive somebody else their sins, you're actually kinking the water hose uh, above your above, head. Above, yes. Mm-hmm. 
So now you're not receiving forgiveness from Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. And if we don't forgive our brothers, then we haven't been forgiven by, we won't be forgiven by Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, that's what Jesus teaches us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is why people have talked about unforgiveness and bitterness mm-hmm. is I think C.S. Lewis is the one who said is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I had not heard of that one. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's very good. Because what wow. it's actually doing is cutting off our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. We think we're just going to make them suffer, and we're going to make them grovel, and we're not going to forgive them because they hurt us. But it, what it actually does is it's cutting off our relationship with Christ, and it's mm-hmm. putting a hindrance there, and it's yep. poisoning poisoning our own soul. can lead to hard-heartedness, falling away. It can mm-hmm. lead to all kinds of different things. Yeah. So forgiveness is always, it always has to be an open garden hose. Mm-hmm. If I want to receive it from Christ, I got to give it to everyone, even my enemies. Yeah. And you're going to have enemies. Jesus com- Jesus says you're going to have enemies. So we're going to have enemies. Yeah. And so I have to I have to get, let that forgiveness go all the way mm-hmm. through me. So when you when you say that is 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 as if forgiveness is not just for them, it's also for you, right? So in that, like what would it look like to after you forgive a person to set up boundaries where it doesn't happen again? Yeah. So with some sins, that's, de- that's going to be necessary. Mm-hmm. And, some, and some relationships, and some relationships that will never be, uh, that'll never be a possibility. Yeah. So since I'm on the bandwagon here, and I've already quoted C.S. Lewis, let me quote him again. <laughs> C.S. Lewis says, if you never want to be hurt, if you never want your heart to be broken, right. all you do, he said, fine, Lock it away in a cage. Mm -hmm. Become self-consumed. Fill it with idolatries and hobbies and luxuries and all these different things. And it will never be hurt. The problem with it is your heart will become unhurtable. Mm -hmm. Rock hard. Mm -hmm. Right? So you don't want it to ever be hurt, so you hide it away selfishly and try to protect it. Well, when it's in that cage, it becomes unbreakable, unhurtable, mm-hmm. unwoundable, unfeelable. It becomes hmm. a block of stone. Right. Right. Yeah. So what happens there is you become less of a person. Yeah. Your highs become, you know, you, 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 you don't experience joy, joys like you would experience. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're protecting yourself from lows, but you just become kind of a shell of a yep. person. Mm. So the, we Christians don't have the option to put their heart away and just be self-protective. We have to love. God is love, self-giving, um, away from himself to others. We have to, when we receive the love of Christ, it's again, open water hose. We, we have to give that love away. So I would imagine no one will hurt you more and sin against you more than your spouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a snarky word or whether it's a quick temper mm-hmm. or whether it's whatever, more than likely... Your, relation, your spouse is going to be the closest relationship you ever have in your life mm-hmm. and hopefully the most long-term relationship you have in your life and therefore you're gonna, they're, they're going to sit against you more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So you have got to keep short records of wrongs. You've got to let love cover a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to keep an awareness of your own sinfulness in your mind mm-hmm. and the, the debt that which Christ paid for you. Mm-hmm. you got like, if I'm... If first, if I'm overwhelmed with my own sinfulness and Christ's redemption for me, yeah. I'm really light with my wife. Like, I'm just like, 
oh, no, don't worry about it, babe. Mm-hmm. I love you. You know, like quick, quick to forgive. Yeah. yeah. But when I lose sight of my own sinfulness mm-hmm. yeah. and I start, man, I did six loads of laundry this weekend and I, you know, and I'm, I'm going through my list of all the stuff that I've done it. What? She going to talk to me like that. She's going to talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, right. Her weaknesses get big in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start noticing everything. Yeah. And that's self-righteousness. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That's self-righteousness. So I got to have awareness of my own sinfulness and that makes me quick. Mm-hmm. So my neediness of the gospel, my neediness of redemption, that makes me quick to forgive yeah. others. Yeah, you've really just you have just described the parable of the unforgiving servant, mm-hmm. who you know the parable where the the king forgives the servant for this massive debt that is mm-hmm. owed against yeah. him, but then when he goes out and there's this small debt that his his he's friend owes him. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's ready to choke him and put him in the jail, yeah. and the, of course the king finds out and says. And he even says there, he says, uh, the master summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because mm-hmm. you you pleaded with me. He, he did not recognize just how great of a debt he had been forgiven. Yeah. And so yeah. he had lost sight of just how much he had he owed in a yeah. sense to the to the master. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for us. When we start losing sight of just what kind of debt we really had uh, been, it has been forgiven of us, then we begin to call out other people's small little debts against us yep. and become, yeah. you know, a cho- <laughs> wanting to, wanting yeah. to choke mm-hmm. them as the description here is yeah. in, the, in the parable. So, yeah, it's good. Well, and I think the parable of the, you know, the log and the stick, right? Jesus saying, hey, why are spec. you... Yeah. Or the speck, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you all hung up on the, the twig in your, or the speck in your brother's eye when you have a, a log sticking out of yours? And so I think... Another principle is to evaluate, hey, is, is this something, like, what, what is keeping you back from forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is in your own eye that is saying, man, you know, I'm bitter against this guy. He just won't repent. Like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. When, if Jesus had that disposition towards us, then he never would have died for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does it matter that 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 person even sees that they hurt you? Well, it does matter because if a person refuses to repent and consistently sins against you, um, there's a lot of situations where you don't have to be in relationship with that person. You know, Mm -hmm. so there's there's situations where we we would remove a person from church. Mm -hmm. We would remove a person from missional community. You can remove a person from your family mm-hmm. like that. That can happen mm-hmm. if a child refuses to repent. Like they can be removed from the family. Like there's lots of mm-hmm. situations where Christians aren't required to stay to be to be in a in a relationship that consistently hurts them over and over and over and over right. and over. Yeah. But sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. Gonna, this yeah. isn't unqualified. I can't yeah. make an unqualified statement um, because sinners would like to take that statement and then go make an excuse. Well, I'm leaving my spouse because yeah. he looked at porn. Yeah. Like, no, I don't think you have a right. Right. If your spouse looks at porn, I don't think that is cheating on. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I know that some people do. I don't believe that's equivalent to having an affair. And now you have a right to get a divorce. I don't, I don't believe that. I think that's a sin. I think he needs to repent of it. He needs to take ownership of it. It brings damage to the marriage. He needs counseling and work through it, but that doesn't give a spouse the right to now use that and to take off, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And right. and I've seen not just that situation, but a lot of situations where somebody just gets it. Okay, you know what? I'm kind of done with this, mm-hmm. and they want to use it for. He's abusive. 
well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he says he says something kind of harsh, and, and you know, and it's like, well, that's not abuse. Like mm-hmm. I, I get it, that's not pleasant, or we don't want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's not abuse, right? Yeah. You can't. We can't expand the def. If you expand the definition of abuse to everything that makes me feel bad, yeah, right. Yeah. It it limits the. It really demeans what abuse actually is, mm-hmm. right? right? And yeah. there is such a thing as abuse, and we're not talking about that right now. Mm-hmm. I have a question then uh, using illustration here. So it seems to be saying that we are putting a condition on our salvation. And that condition is, is I must forgive if I am to be forgiven. How do we, how do we kind of work that out in terms of our understanding of our, of our salvation? Well, Jesus is the one that said that. Yeah. (laughs) So, So it's on him. It's on him. Yeah. But I think it's clear. I think the, the way forgiveness happens is through the open garden hose. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to kink the garden hose, then it's evidence that you actually haven't really been forgiven. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Because if you get the gospel that you are dead in your trespasses and sins and you deserve eternal separation and wrath forever for your cosmic treason against the holy God of the universe, mm-hmm. you'll see he's already forgiven infinitely more then this person has sinned against me. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the deal. We sin against a holy God. Everybody else sins against sinners. Yeah. And there's a lot of gray area in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Cause you're going to say, Hey, I, you did this. And they're going to say, well, but you did, did this, this first. Yeah. And you know, there's going to be that, well, I, yeah, I kind of did do that, but <laughs> that doesn't give you the, you know, there's going to be this yeah. now. One of my favorite stories and least favorite stories Lord in all Reigns. of the Bible oh. is the story of Joseph. Mm. Mm. Right? It was one of the... I, mean, I remember preaching through Genesis and it was one of my favorite. It was one of my favorites to read and learn and study, but it was also one of those ones, oh, I don't ever want to be Joseph. Yeah, right. <laughs> because Joseph is the story of... Forgiveness with no strings attached. Mm -hmm. It's the story of I've met with the God of the universe and he's forgiven me Mm -hmm. and therefore I forgive you. And so if you don't know the story of Joseph, Joseph is kind of the favored son and he's got this fancy coat or whatever that he gets to wear and is kind of the visible marker of his father's favoritism. Mm Mm-hmm. And dads, that's just not. If you're, hold buying, on, I'm about to say, is that is that right or wrong? <laughs> you got all these kids. That's wrong. You give him the best coat. That's <laughs> Joseph, wrong. Joseph's got the Jordan ones, and I everybody know. else is wearing Ked's. Skechers, bro. Skechers. <laughs> Skechers. <laughs> everybody else got Skechers. <laughs> and Joseph's got the jo- the Joseph ones. Okay. <laughs> so, now, obviously, that he's so his father's setting him up for some of this, yeah. but then. Here's the deal. You treat that son that way. That son starts to believe that he's better. And then Joseph starts doing dumb stuff. Like, well, he's having dreams from God. And then he shares those dreams. Hey, guys, guess what happened? Oh, I had a dream that you were all bowing down and worshiping me. You know, like to his older brother. It's like. As he's wearing the coat. Yes, as he's wearing the coat. Do you want to get beaten up and stuffed in a locker? Oh, man. So so he's like that, right? He's, He's proud. He's arrogant. He's favored of his father 
But his brothers hate him mm-hmm. and beat him up, throw him, decide, we're getting rid of this sucker. They're going to kill him. They, gonna, they actually want to kill they him. They were going to kill him. Yes. And then one of the brothers, yes. is it Reuben? Yeah, Reuben. Mm-hmm. Reuben steps yep. up and says, hold on, hold on, guys, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him off into slavery. <laughs> let's, let's make some money, some money on this, bro. This, right? Let's make some money on this. <laughs> yeah, I want some Jordan ones too. <laughs> yeah. So they take his shoes, they take his coat, they throw him in the pit, and they put blood on the coat and lamb's blood and stuff, and I think is what it was, or some kind of blood on the coat. And they bring it back to the father and say, hey, he, he was dead. He, he got killed, he got attacked by an animal, and he was dead. And then they sell him off into slavery, Okay. Now, he goes off into Egyptian slavery, which is um, just as worse of American slavery, if not m- more worse. And, but what does God do over there? God, you, God has made Joseph for a purpose. And Joseph is, he is, a, he is special. There is something about him that's better than his brothers. Mm-hmm. He is smarter, more mm-hmm. intelligent, a better leader. But his pride... Yeah. was limp was going to limit him and so he needed to be greatly humbled and mm-hmm. so he they, um, he goes to slavery he has to what's going on in slavery imagine my brothers have betrayed me everybody mm-hmm. thinks I'm dead imagine the bitterness that you're going to have yeah against your brothers yeah against my your brothers. goodness yeah. right huge then he gets okay so hold on what happens first All right, he gets out that's he elevated, elevated in the jail and then yeah. out of jail to the, the wife runs out. Yeah. Well, he gets, he, the he gets wife sold accused. to Potiphar first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that who he gets sold yeah. to first? So, okay. To Potiphar, which, right. is, which, is one right. of the, which is like the second in charge of Egypt. Mm-hmm. So he's basically, and then he shows his leadership ability and he's killing it. And he, they put him in like second in command or something like that in his Potiphar's house. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a great job. And then Potiphar's uh, immoral wife. wife. Yeah sees him and obviously he's a good looking dude and she's like I want to have sex with this guy and then so she pursues him and says come have sex with me and he's like at at this point we see Joseph has already become a man of character Mm -hmm. he he she grabs his his coat it's always a coat that gets him in trouble (laughs) they're they're trying to keep you in a story she she grabs his coat and he kind of shakes it off and runs away from her Mm -hmm. so he he flees sexual immorality he Mm -hmm. flees lust does the right thing he does the right thing does the right thing and she is so offended by it Mm -hmm. because he has denied her advances more than likely um, no one has ever denied Pharaoh's or Potiphar's wife's advances she's the one of the most powerful, influential women in the kingdom. Any other man that she'd want, more than likely she got. Mm-hmm. She tried to get this man of God, and he loved God more than he loved her. And mm-hmm. so he shook it off and took off. Well, she had his coat in her hand. She goes to Potiphar. She says, hey, this guy tried to rape me. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is like bad news. Potiphar flies into a rage, throws. So Joseph now goes from elevated to the second in control Second in command, all the way back to the prison. Yeah, and he went the rest. And I just want to say, at this point, that would be the tempting to be like, okay, God, I've done everything mm-hmm. right. I even fleed sexual immorality, yeah. and this is what I get. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see that. That'd be my <laughs> okay. That'd be my thought. So yeah. now you're 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 obviously you're you've still got this the wounds of your childhood you're dealing with. Yeah, you've got now you've got this now. God's betrayed you. You feel like God's Feels betrayed like it, you. Yeah. Potiphar's. Potiphar's wife's betrayed you. There's just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And then he's in the prison 
went, and then I guess and I, I'm, I can't remember the baker and somebody else get <laughs> cupbearer, cupbearer, cup and, and, cup and the baker get in trouble. And they're in prison, and um, Joseph has a vision, and he says, "Hey guys, uh, one of you is going to get killed, and one of you is going to get elevated out of here. And when you get elevated out of here, tell Potiphar and re- remember." Right? Yeah, tell the pharaoh. Tell pharaoh. Tell pharaoh. Because it's pharaoh's cupbearer. Yeah, it's pharaoh. Yeah, tell pharaoh, the top guy in the kingdom, uh, that I told you it was going to happen. Well, everything happens just as he says. One guy gets killed. The other guy gets, cupbearer gets restored. Mm-hmm. And what, what, happened, what does the cupbearer do? He forgets. Forgets completely about <laughs> Joseph. Joseph's still rotting away in prison. Okay, and we're not talking watching cable TV yeah. and eating mac and cheese, yeah. right, and getting to work out. We're talking a horrible, Cold horrible, uh, probably with his own feces and urine, no, no bathrooms, all kind, I mean, it's yeah. just going to be disgusting. So he's in the darkness of this cave, Having to do serious soul work with God, mm. right? And uh, probably going over the first, uh, you know, going over just the story of creation and who God is and these and Noah and just remembering the patriarchs and remembering all this kind of stuff and saying, God, I know who you are, but this seems like you're not involved here. You're not imminent mm. in your creation anymore. You're not present with me. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then Pharaoh has a dream, has right? a dream. Then yep. Pharaoh has a dream. He needs an interpreter. And then the cupbearer is like, oh, yeah, there was this dude. I forgot. Joseph. And, uh, yeah, years ago. And then he brings up, brings Joseph before Pharaoh. I imagine he had to clean him up pretty good before he bring him to Pharaoh. Man. And then Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream. Mm-hmm. And then, long story short, Joseph gets promoted to the right-hand man mm-hmm. of Pharaoh. Pharaoh yeah. And so now he's running the whole the whole kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a famine in uh, Israel and he is very wise and he tells Pharaoh to set aside all this grain and to sell off. People are going to come, they're going to give you land and they're going to give you different things and I want you to buy that land up and then give them grain and you're going to become uh, basically first off you're going to store all this grain mm. for 7 years i think it is yep. and then the famine's going to happen and then you're going to have all this grain and then you can trade it for land and then you're going to become a, basically you're going to own everything yes. yeah. and so joseph tells pharaoh how to get rich mm. and and prepare for this famine and that's exactly what god does yeah. Yeah. so the surrounding nations have to come into egypt to get grain and who comes in joseph's brothers yeah. mm. joseph's brothers on a mission from their dad, have to come in to, to request grain or they're all going to die. And here is where the penny dropped mm. for Joseph. Mm. Joseph makes a statement in Genesis 50. He goes to this elaborate scene with his brothers and all this kind of stuff I don't have time to go into because he doesn't want them to know who he is. Yeah. And he wants to know if they're still the same men they used to be. Mm. And... Um, but he says, what God meant, or no, I'm sorry, what you meant for harm mm-hmm. or what you meant for evil, mm-hmm. God meant for good. Yeah. And if you didn't sell, basically, if you didn't sell me away into slavery, I never would have been elevated to this position mm-hmm. to actually save you yeah. from, your, from the famine. Yeah. So I needed to go through all of that pain mm-hmm. to make me into a man of character, to get me to the top, to give the right counsel to Pharaoh to save you from starvation yeah. in the future. Yeah. 
So I say it's my one of my favorite stories because it shows you that even in the most horrible circumstances, God is still at work. Yeah. And there's you can't become a man like Joseph without going through Joseph-like experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suffering. You have to go through suffering. Yeah. You have to go through betrayal. You have to go through temptation. Refining. You have to go through being lied about. You have to go through, am I going to please people or am I going to obey God? Mm-hmm. You have to go through all of those things in order to become that type of man. Yeah. And what that means is you have to be sinned against a lot in order to really experience the love of God to such a level that you can lead at that high level. Yeah. And that you can then, when his brothers come, he can offer them forgiveness. Mm. Right? Yep. He can offer them forgiveness. So I say it's my one of my least favorite stories because it's like, oh, man, who wants to be Joseph? Who wants yeah. to go yeah. through all that? That's yeah. suffering. Right? Yeah. But that's what we need. We need stories like that when we're struggling to forgive people because the Bible's answer that for us. Yeah, hold fast to God. Yeah. Right? The Bible suffering. showed us... Um, do you trust God's providence? Do you believe God's hand is in all things? Do you believe that God mm-hmm. meant, even the evil that's been done against you, God meant it for good? Mm-hmm. And God can turn all of your bad experiences into blessings. And now it's hard to believe that, but I've seen, I've seen, I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen prostitutes and I've seen drug addicts and I've seen people that have been raped. And I've been, I've been, I've seen all this where people come to the conclusion of like, hold on. I'm not just a victim. Yeah. I can forgive the other person. Mm-hmm. And then God uses that to reach other people. Yeah. Right? God uses that to minister to other people. So Yeah, the beauty that's a beauty of that is is when we know that God is the one who's providentially worked these things out, even even these things that are so evil and awful against us, the beauty is we can even forgive those who have perhaps no longer live or you know who are mm-hmm. you you can't you can't in one sense reconcile with them or or offer up in a sense face to face forgiveness but you can forgive them because you know that God has done something through even their evil that can give you that set you up for really good mm-hmm. and yeah like you said people you know that that have gone through that kind of darkness and wickedness and come out the other side with the gospel and 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 really receiving the forgiveness of God are just have such a powerful ministry in hearts and lives of others who have to suffer as well, yeah. you know, yeah. that it, that us who haven't just can't, we, we're just not set up for it, you know, yeah. and they are. So that's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a humble heart. Yeah. yeah. So if you're struggling to forgive, remember that your sins were put on Christ. Mm. Yeah. And he paid for them there and you've been justified. That's justification by faith alone. Mm-hmm. But the other aspect of Christ taking our sins is called expiation. And that's, if you remember the, the two lambs or goats in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. one was slain, and the other one, they would, the high priest would place its hand on, confess the sins of the people, mm-hmm. and then send that lamb away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was expiating. It was taking mm-hmm. away the sins of the people. Yeah. Right. It was turning away. God. Justification is kind of turning away God's wrath and expiation is kind of, it's like a sign of forgiveness or cleansing mm-hmm. or they're being separated from their sins. So if a Christian is sinning against you, remember that their sins have been justified and their sins have also been, um, ex- there's been expiation that yeah. those sins have been put on Jesus and carried away. I mean, literally outside of the mm-hmm. city there and, and crucified. 
And so how can you forgive them? Because their sins have been justified, right? Um, Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of another word that I was was on the top of my head, but I can't remember it right now. Hmm. Right now, so uh, any, any other thoughts on that? No, it's good. I, that's I good. appreciate that. That's 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 good to work that through a little bit, and we we all are experiencing it from day to day. Um, the need to forgive and to be forgiven. So, yeah, good. Appreciate that. Yeah. So it's not easy, right? It's not easy, but this is the hard work that um, makes us more like Christ. Mm-hmm. This is what gave Jesus the ability to hang on the cross and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people that are na- that just beat him up, ripped his flesh apart, yeah. crucified him, spit on his face, yeah. nailed him to a cross, mm-hmm. and are killing him, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so that power, that gospel power, is yours if you're a Christian. And so I think one of the greatest ways that you can display that you are a Christian and that you are trusting Christ mm. is to use that gospel power to forgive other people. Mm. That's good, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you got any questions, email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. If this has been helpful to you, uh, send us an email. Let us know. Send me a text. Share it around. Uh, we would love it uh, if you share it to your friends. We want to expand our reach as much as possible. So, We love you. God bless. We're praying for you. Talk to you soon.